Nighttime on Still Waters. This is NB506812, narrow casting into the night from somewhere on Britain's waterways. Twenty-seventh of November, Friday. It would have been Mum's birthday today, and there is a November moon sailing in November skies. My breath is silver fire, and my fingers burn deep in my pockets. The rooks are no longer visible among the branches, so I follow the stars homeward, always tracking slightly westward. Thank God for the sunrise and November buds. Happy birthday, Mum. This is NV Erica, and you join me on a misty, dank, and very chilly night. For the past couple of nights, round about this time, the temperatures were already below zero and frost had been crisping and burning the air for some time. And in fact, actually even tonight, just as it was getting around gloaming time, around about four o'clock, mist was already beginning to rise from the water and the temperatures were dipping around about two degrees. Um, but uh, since then, they've been rising again a little bit. And it's really good to have you with me and to know that all around the globe, we can share this part of the night. And I've just been looking at the uh, locations for downloads and see that amongst so many different countries and places, as far as Brazil, Norway, Hong Kong, New Zealand, Bolivia, Taiwan, Japan, Puerto Rico, and so, so many more, uh, people are listening to this. And this is exactly the whole point of these podcasts, to, to connect even in our darkness and even in our nights, to, to share them with friends. So you are really welcome. And I want to say a special uh, thank you to Rona House for getting in touch and leaving a, a lovely comment, and it's lovely to hear from you. And Please feel free to contact me on social media, on any of the channels. The contact details are below. And if your podcast app does allow it, then please click like or even subscribe if you want to. Um, apparently, it does make a difference. And if you want to leave a comment, then again, that's really, really, uh, that'd be really, really good. And it'd be lovely to hear from you, um, to hear your ideas, your suggestions. Just to say, though, that sometimes I can't actually see some of the comments. I'm aware that comments are being made, but I can't actually have found a way of actually reading them. But anyway, I don't want to put you off. Please do that. Please feel free to get in contact because it is lovely to hear from you. And talking of people getting in contact, it's really lovely to hear from Arlene Visa Kettering all the way from Seattle who dropped me a message on the Nighttime on Stillwater's Facebook page. And she told me about her experiences in 2018 where she and her husband for their 30th wedding anniversary cruised the Four Counties Ring, which is just sort of north of us. Um, a beautiful stretch of canal, um, but with some pretty 
serious locking involved. Uh, and in fact, on her second day, she was saying that she did the, the Heartbreak Hill, which is 13 miles of 31 locks. And that was a real baptism of fire. In fact, there's 110 locks. Sorry, sorry, 94 locks and over the 110 miles. So she certainly worked her passage there. Um, so it was lovely to hear from you. And uh, I hope you keep listening. And I hope perhaps someday again uh, we'll see you on the uh, Britain's Waterways. And uh, that leads me to some interesting questions that were sent to me by another of our American listeners and another of my friends, uh, Nancy, who I've mentioned before. As I mentioned in the last episode, the, the UK is served by a network of canals or navigations in a similar way to the railways, in fact. Quite often the railways simply follow the, the routes of the canals. And this means that most of the canals are linked to one another. And that way you can travel much of Britain, certainly the, the, the central spine of Britain. Most of the canals, certainly the ones that are, are remained open and usable, tend to be around the south and central parts, connecting the in, industrial centres uh, as that was their original purpose, to service the Industrial Revolution. And so where uh, we are at the moment, which is in central England, we really are well served for canal systems and what is effectively a hub. So we have access to quite a range of canals and we can pick and choose if we want to go urban and head towards some of the bigger conurbations like Birmingham or um, Leicester, etc., or more rural ones and head down sort of the Oxford and Stratford canals. There's always a little bit of a dispute, as with everything, about the actual number of miles that one can travel on the canal systems. The CRT state on their website is about 2,000 miles. One of the canal maps apps uh, say 2,200 miles, and I see that Wikipedia actually adds 500 more miles to that. And it partly comes down to what type of waterways, what type of canal, what type of boat you have that is usable. More and more canals are being restored, and so more and more of these systems are being opened up. And again, so that means, again, the network becomes wider. The longest canal is the Grand Union, and that's 137 miles. And that starts in London and goes all the way up to Birmingham. And so unless you were on one of these sort of standalone canals, like the Brecon and Monmouth, or are on one of the branches or arms, Technically, you don't really ever have to turn a boat round. And one of, that was one of the questions that Nancy was asking is, do I have to turn the boat round um, and how do you do it? Bearing in mind that sometimes the canals are not that wide. And how, so how do you turn, for example, a 70-foot boat or even a 58-foot boat like the Erica around? Well, sort of theoretically, you don't ever have to. But actually, in practice, you do for a multitude of reasons. And the way you do it is quite simple. There are 
lots of places all the way along the canal systems for turning a boat round, turning points. And these are referred to as winding holes. And to turn a boat, you wind the boat. And it's called winding. Sometimes people who are new to the canals assume it's a winding hole. But actually, it's a winding hole. And the reason why it's called a winding hole is because, again, in the time that predates the use of engines and motors, where most of the work was done either by uh, horse or by hand, then the wind would assist the boat. So these pla- these places were tended to be sighted where a prevailing wind would help to turn the boat round. So you just nudge the boat uh, in towards the bank and a winding hole is essentially a V-shaped wedge that's cut into one of the banks and you just point the nose or, or bow of the boat into the, the V-shape, um, bringing the stern around and basically executing a, a U-turn or a three-point turn, or most of us, to be honest, it's usually like a, a 95-point turn <laughs> because there's a lot of sort of shuffling backwards and forwards, depending on, on how shallow the winding hole has become, how narrow it is. Most winding holes are around about 60 to 70 foot, again, depending on the canal system that you are actually cruising. And to be honest, there's something really satisfying about that movement of the the bow of the boat just gently swinging around. Um, and particularly if you are lucky to have the wind help you, then there is it's, it's something really satisfying about it. And I, I really enjoy it. Um, however, like cycling, the wind is usually in the wrong way and you have to have, put a little bit more of a, uh, a battle with it. But that's how you turn a boat round. Another of Nancy's questions was, do canals have operating hours and are they open all the year round? I suppose the simplest answer is no and yes and yes and no. The canals per se are open all the time. There's no limit to their use, to when you can use them. And apart from if there are external stipulations or regulations, for example, during lockdown. However, most boats will tend to moor up at night. So by dusk, most boats are moored. But there is actually nothing to stop you from cruising or boating through the night. Although on busy stretches where other boats are moored, um, it can be viewed as antisocial. This time of year, where we have very short days, particularly those who are working boats, it's inevitable that they will be travelling after dark. And if you're on Facebook or Instagram, there are some wonderful photographs by the coal boat Alton that plies the canal systems and services those living aboard with fuel, coal, diesel, etc. And on their accounts, there's some beautiful photographs of boating at night. And I actually want to devote a future episode to night boating because there's something kind of quite wonderful about that idea and there's also some really interesting stories about it. Theoretically, you can boat all year round. Again, there's there's nothing to stop you. They don't close or there's not a summer season and a, and a winter season in that sense. However, winter time is the time where the 
Canal and Rivers Trust and, and, and other group agencies repair locks, do main, essential maintenance to the canal systems. And this quite often will involve closing down a section, which effectively means that you cannot use that canal or that, that part of the canal. And these are referred to as winter stoppages. So winter boating is, by all means, absolutely possible. And um, there is really no limitations apart from sometimes just the range or the waterways that you can use, sometimes slightly bit more limited. But there is absolutely nothing to stop you um, boating during the winter. Nancy also asked about the weather, and that was unsurprisingly because weather is obviously a lot on her mind because where she lives at the moment in the States, uh, she's been battered by a number of storms and hurricanes that have been tracking through. And she's asked if the weather has an effect on the canal systems. Canals are generally not susceptible to flooding. They're managed by sluices. And so... Flooding is not such a problem as it can be on the river systems. And in fact, the greater risk is from a lack of water and from running dry, particularly during dry periods and droughts. For me, the worst weather conditions, rather than wet, is wind. The canals can be quite drafty places, and because narrow boats have flat sides, the wind can just, if it's going against you, can make steering quite difficult or quite challenging. And if any weather is going to ground me or ground the Erica, it's going to be heavy with high winds. It's uh, for me, particularly at the moment, I don't find boating in windy weather particularly relaxing or comfortable. I suppose ice is the other factor. And again, you can still cruise and boat when it's icy and use your boat as an icebreaker. And I know a couple of people who really enjoy that. However, again, it can damage the the blacking, which is the protective coating on your hull. And actually, more importantly, it can damage the blacking and the, uh, the, the protection of the boats that you pass because you're obviously pushing the ice onto their hulls as well and so again it can appear to be or can be viewed as being quite antisocial well we might not have ice tonight but it's certainly a very cold and chilly rather damp november night and i came across on instagram uh, from some f- new friends I've met there, Julia and Ralph Pearson, who are aboard the Amiga, and their Instagram account is Boaty7. And I came across a poem that Julia wrote about boat life in autumn. It captures the joy of life on board as the seasons turn. And so, as Penny curls up and snores gently beside me i'd just like to finish by with julia's permission to read you boat life in autumn by julia pearson gather round the cosy teapot waiting for the kettle's blow hear my tale of towpaths travelled as cruising on canals we go 
Lengthening nights and shortening daylight won't deter us not one jot. Soggy gloves and dripping noses. Such a hard life? No, it's not. Autumn colours pass our windows. Falling leaves drift down and float. Then get caught in the propeller of our lovely home, our lovely boat. Every lock is an adventure. Do not hurry, never rush. Heave and coax the cranky lock gear. Part the gates with steady push. Slowly sinking, slowly rising. Hear the mighty waters rush. Heed the language of the water. Giants roar, then gentle hush. No ancient hardships for us boaters, not the grind of harried crews, with running water, warmth and toilets, a laid-back lifestyle, free to choose. No fixed abode, no post, no worries, watching nature rolling by, different sunset every morning, stars and dawns and splendid skies. Is it cold for you in winter? Each gongoozler must inquire. What do you do without a telly? And do you live aboard or hire? So if you're wondering why we do it, if our ducks are in a row, gather round, we've got a brew on. It's the best life you could know. And so for NB Erica, signing off for tonight, have a very good and peaceful night. Good night. Temperature, outside, 4.1 degrees. Inside, 21 degrees. Humidity, 88%. Dew point. 1.2 Wind direction East Wind strength 9 miles per hour Barometric pressure 1013.6 Decreasing slowly Precipitation Trace Moon phase 93.9% waxing gibbous. Sunset, 16.01. Skycasting, 749.